0: Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that has the courage to go through every John Hyatt song from in alphabetical order, from A to Z. And sniffing handkerchiefs with me tonight is Sylvan.
1: Yeah. Good smelling handkerchiefs, of course, not excellent used ones. smell. Yeah.
0: exactly. Yes. They are wonderful handkerchiefs. And I'm wondering, you know, in all the rom-coms, they say that if if the significant other, your possible mate likes you, they leave something in the cab. So you have an excuse to call them. So I thought of that as I was listening to our song today
1: yeah that's a, a nice uh, trope that's been around for quite a while um yeah so our song today is actually kind of two songs because we're talking about a rare hyatt song that has appeared on two official uh albums in different recordings so if you don't mind i'll just jump right in and kind of yes let's do say all the
0: facts yes all the facts yes
1: so the I first think all time... the facts
0: is gonna stick. I like Okay. It. Okay, good. <laughs> all
1: right. The first time we heard Tiki Bar or I'm sorry, um All the Lalex in Ohio is from The Tiki Bar is Open. He had uh performed it a few times live. And as a reminder, that was kind of an unusual album that it was recorded for a record label who were kind of lukewarm about it. And John actually took the album with him and held on to it. So that was in the can while John recorded Crossing Muddy Waters. And though the Tiki bar is open was released afterward it was recorded before. And it's kind of interesting. I had to remind myself of that note because uh, there's really nothing in the liner notes that indicates that these songs have been a while around a while. Um, so that's the 2001 version. It also has the distinction of being one of those albums that was released Tuesday, September 11th, 2001, uh, very sad day. Um, um, but not to associate, um, then the second version of the song that we're going to talk about was released May 20th, 2021. So almost exactly 20 years later. Wow. And that was on the leftover feelings album, and uh, we can get into the details of all the differences of the two and whether we, you know, understand John's reasoning for recording it a second time, because again, this is not something that he does very often. Uh, Another example, everyone, we know you're waiting for have a little faith have a little faith uh, had two different recordings for the best of album. And then of course the classic um, bring the family album, but uh, to get back into the details, Tiki bar uh, version of all the LALACs in Ohio is backed by the goners, Sonny Landreth. And also it was produced by Jay Joyce. As I mentioned, I believe it was uh, first recorded for Capital. I, I don't remember the actual uh, record company that was stupid enough to say, Hey, we don't think this album is, you know, what we want to release. Yes. Vanguard released it. It's track number three. And, um, just to kind of share the background of the story, uh, John was inspired by the 1945 classic film Lost Weekend, which I'm sure we'll get into when we discuss the lyrics, but the first time I heard this was uh, John was solo at Hampton Beach Casino, and he started talking about how much he loved this movie, and how this, the lyrics of this song were inspired by it, so that of course made me run off to the video store and say, I must now watch John Hyatt's favorite movie Absolutely. last weekend. And I would very much encourage anyone else uh, who likes John Hyatt's music to do the same because it's a story about a drunk surprise, surprise. Yes. And um, it has amazing impact. Um, I would not go so far as to call it a perfect movie because it's a movie of its time from the 1945 forties yeah. era, especially in how it treats women. But um great great film and
0: yeah directed by billy wilder who is uh one of the best american directors of all time and i do remember seeing the movie years ago i did not know the connection to the uh, this song that we're discussing so now then i'll need to um i'll need to see check it out again and yeah. kind of see what's going on yeah that'll be good so
1: i actually have a quick little quote from uh john about that that um mm-hmm. he i don't remember who actually quoted him on this but he, this is john's direct words one of my favorite old movies is lost weekend at one point at one point ray Milland is trying to write the great love story and he can't he's talking with joe the bar guy about how hard it is to write about love it's the details that are so hard to get right he says you know you're going to meet her for lunch but she sends you a note that she can't meet you after all you open it up and it smells like all the lilacs in Ohio. I totally stole that. So really this is more the character story than mine. Although I do connect with the drunken writer too, which of course we yeah. know that's the case. Wow. So I, I at,
0: love that. I did. The not line know comes that. up
1: both in the middle when he's Ray uh, Ramelan's character is talking about, about uh, before he goes on his wild bender, his struggles with being a writer. And then at the very end to uh, the, bartender kind of gives him a little wink and says how about all those lilacs in ohio and so yeah i get a little oh, thrill every time for both oh yeah scenes.
0: i absolutely um i do think it's interesting it is um not often because on live albums certainly you will have different releases right you can have mm-hmm. there, there's different live versions of different uh john songs but to have a two different studio versions um i know one of the last ones i knew about um and brad paisley made a joke about that he had waiting on a woman and then he did it on a different album and then andy griffin actually was in the video with him playing the part of the old man and telling the story and so he did a third version with andy griffin saying part of the parts so uh and I think Brad Paisley made a joke like, yes, from now on, waiting on a woman's gonna be every one of my uh releases. <laughs> so uh do you before we get into the song, what do you know about why he decided to re-record it?
1: I really don't know, except that he really seemed like he was exploring um how far he could go with Jerry Douglas, uh, you know, okay. uh, that album leftover feelings was the one that he recorded in Elvis's studio.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm um, sorry, not Elvis's studio, but uh, the famous studio where Elvis recorded. Okay. Um, and I think maybe this is complete conjecture. I have never seen John. That's
0: what we do here.
1: Talk about this. <laughs> yes. I feel like it was such an important song to him that he's so connected with the movie and he felt like he just hadn't quite got it in the boat um and he thought that there was a better version to be had so perhaps jerry douglas uh provided something sonically that john thought was not quite right because it is interesting that the Two thousand one version has a feeling that is very modern, and then when they went to record with Jerry Douglas, that was an acoustic record with this very kind of classically uh, trained guitarist and his band, so it almost does fit the nineteen forty sound a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's also something about John's voice that has aged over the two decades since that kind of fits that like tired at his end of the rope. Uh, writer, but we're getting ahead of ourselves there.
0: No because uh, I yeah, I was gonna do we do we talk about the song first and then discuss the two differences you think? Is that why you think we should go
1: with? Yeah, let's do that. okay.
0: All right. Um, so I um certainly remember this song. Uh, have had it on play, both versions as we talked about before you know i kind of set this in a playlist and i'm going over mm-hmm. and over to do the songs um i am looking forward to discussing the differences and uh give you a tease uh sylvan actually did a little mini uh poll on yes. uh the john hyatt fan facebook page and we have the results of which version the yes people with apologies voted
1: to my marketing research professor because this is entirely unscientific. <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> <But> <laughs> Yes. exactly. Um, so uh, do you wanna, do you want me to kick it off or you want to?
1: Uh, well, or we could just uh, talk okay. about the people other than us. We actually had four votes for the Tiki Bars open version okay. and two uh, votes for leftover feelings. And then one very intelligent person, shout out to Cameron Miller, Your answer is the only correct answer. Whatever is playing at the time is your favorite (laughs) version of the song.
0: So I had a um, similar. um, There is a I do versions on the set. Lessing, Bruce, take a drink that I do songs (laughs) of your life. And we should we should talk about doing that with Hyatt. Um, It is seven questions and. Every answer, like the song you can't stand, the song you think is overrated, the song that made you fall in love with Bruce Springsteen, the song that you you never get tired of hearing live, you know, on and on and on. And uh, so, um, what's the song you hate? And Betsy Hodges, who we hope will be on this podcast once, she goes. The last song. I always <laughs> hate the last song in a show. That's the that's the song I and I said yes. that is the perfect answer. That is yeah, exactly the perfect answer.
1: You can't help that feeling yes. of resentment and sadness yes, creeping like, in. Yes,
0: exactly. Um, so we start off uh right away. Uh this is a a very um I don't want to say typical, but I'm gonna say typical spring uh Hyatt song. He is bringing the lyrics he is telling a story he is painting a picture it is a very quick pace and i think he he gets you like i i almost picture him and let's stick with the 40s theme grabs them up grabs his hat and starts telling the story as they're walking Mm -hmm. down new york Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts
1: uh yeah i I, it's definitely a story song it's um second person he's talking to you yes which is kind of interesting especially since um the movie is very much you're in the head of the main character so i i wonder if he's like has this relationship with this movie so much that it's like he's talking to his buddy that he's uh spent Mm -hmm. so much time with um and you know, some phrases that definitely have repeated in his later songs about seeing your own ass in a double whiskey glass. Yes. And um, the, as we said, the handkerchief and the uh, lilacs in Ohio, which uh, Jerry Douglas also uh, gave a little update to the song because while they were recording it, jerry turned to john and said you know i don't think lilacs grow in ohio i've never seen lilacs in ohio (laughs) so but that's not john's fault of course that you know was a line from the movie well um
0: what was interesting at least to me is i i googled that today going oh is lilac like a a state song of Ohio or something. And unfortunately, the only thing that came up was this song.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> so, kind of
0: funny. So, yeah, so Lilacs in Ohio, I just get this song. It. I didn't get anything else. Um, I'm also checking IMDb, and I do not see a Sam listed as a character.
1: Oh, that's so interesting.
0: I thought of Sam from Cheers. <laughs> because of the bar and i was like man I... I was
1: thinking play it again sam isn't that casablanca
0: yes that is perfect. So. yes that is i like that better than uh though baby john is a big cheers fan and you know <laughs> like when he's traveling that's what he he finds cheers reruns and he puts that on uh, right <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um i yeah i i think this is um And because I did not know the story about the movie, there is, it's very clear, right? Trying to write the great book, well, it really had you shook with a bad case of winter town blues. So you drank her down in the ragged side of town, shared a taxi to carry her home. Then she left her handkerchief there beside you on the seat. And that's when I thought about the whole rom-com, you know, trope of leaving that um mm-hmm. but i do now that i know this is about a writer and not just a writer as in john is a writer but the actual based on this movie and the character um i i'm gonna listen to this again because this may not be quote unquote an autobiographical song it is more a story song like yeah uh, let me tell you the story about this guy
1: yeah um So I think even the first time I heard this, I had a a connection to a totally different movie, which ironically was named after one of John's most famous songs, but did not include that song in the soundtrack. I tried to forgive it for that. The Thing Called Love, which uh, starred River Phoenix, about some struggling songwriters. Yes. And um, they were... um, the two characters, the love interest of woman songwriter and a male songwriter were just feeling a little blocked. And mm-hmm. he told her, well, when you're blocked, what you do is you go to the drive-in. They weren't actually there listening to the movie. They were outside the drive-in so that they couldn't hear the speakers and strumming their guitars and trying to come up with the story of the movie that they're watching on screen. So I almost pictured John doing the same thing you know, saying, oh, I, I got to get a song out of me and I'm just feeling a little stuck. What can I do? Oh, I'm going to write a song about this movie, you know, get myself over the little hump of not having any ideas flowing.
0: Oh, that's that's a really interesting scene. And I like that idea Um where. You know, Mystery Science 3000 does <laughs> yes. that a lot with bad <laughs> movies, right? They, they They kind of create their own dialogue and they they missed it. But the idea of i can do by just watching the images i can write my own dialogue i can write my own story to get the creative juices flowing is is very good um and as you this is i also i know that aaron sorkin has said that Staring at the blank page is the hardest thing in the world for a writer, and especially him. Um, It is is tough. And I joke about that at work when I'm working on a, we're going to do a policy, or I'm going to do a memo or reminding, or we're going to change a procedure, is I always get it on the page, and then I send it to the people saying... This is not, this is definitely a first draft. I expect you to redline it and catch it and everything because I don't, it's much easier to edit something than it is just to stare at that blank page and go, all right, what do I say? It was a dark and stormy night. No, no, no. I can't do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the secret. And the number one rule of writing is to just write. And uh, Yeah. yeah, I still remember my college professor, uh, she referred to it as sfd which i think we can yeah. guess what the s and the yeah. f stand for d is draft so yeah yeah exactly absolutely
0: um i do love a lot of imagery in the song mm-hmm. um the um when he talks about the dirty snow mm. um and the the dirty winter snow i i remember once because of work i had to go to winnipeg canada and um, we were driving by um, to the office and to the right was this, it it said, um, I can't remember, snow, loads snow here or something. Mm. So the idea, and you probably know more about this being from up north, but, you know, I'm in Texas, so I'm picturing we're going to see this beautiful pile
1: of snow and it's just this dark. Something pristine and beautiful.
0: It is just (laughs) this dark, ugly, you know, pile of ice and, you know, and then it hit me. Well, of course, because they've you know they put rocks you know they put mm-hmm. salt down so the ice won't you know the ice will melt it you know all the road and stuff and the exhaust and so it was this ugly black
2: hill and i was yes.
0: like that's not pretty snow at all
1: no no there, there's something called mud season in <laughs> vermont that yes. uh is the hardest time to live through i mm-hmm. you know i yes. take a blizzard over mm-hmm. the crud of yeah. you know that Mm -hmm. anytime the dirty winter snow yeah um yeah so it's a lovely contrast to the idea of the fresh lilacs that smell beautiful and look beautiful yes
0: um and you know we do not know i assume this is similar to the mary question is Mm -hmm. does this does this rider get her back do they find a way because he says you pin her handkerchief to clean white linen sheets and you unmake your bed and crawl in. You imagine her there and you're tangled in her hair and she smells like flowers again. It's springtime and you are just a boy. And yes. they leave it.
1: Yep. Uh, those ideas of innocence and purity of a woman, uh, again, very much in play in the 1940s movies. Yes. Um I I think it it definitely is like the Mary question and um, you could take the answer from the movie of what happens, but of course um, (laughs) the movie, I don't want to give away the ending, but um, yeah, good question. Where are these characters not at the end of the song or the end of the movie necessarily, but another three months, let's call it that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we have discussed often that John's um, journey with sobriety has mm-hmm. uh, fueled his creativity and mm-hmm. has fueled his songwriting. And a, I could see how a movie based on an alcoholic losing, you know, that's what The Lost Weekend is from, the idea of blackouts and and, you know, just going away. Um, so I could see how that would kind of interest him, and especially yes. with that 40s uh film noir,
1: yes, very uh, much film noir, yeah. Um, so just another couple of more details about Please. the movie. Um, I was just checking IMDb, and the bartender's name, I believe, was actually Nat. Oh, okay, so he uh. For whatever reason, he didn't remember or he liked the sound of Sam better. He he switched that out uh, mm-hmm. in the song. John did. And which version do you like best? I, you know, I think the right answer is the one that we're listening to at the time. Um, yeah, I, I will just say that I do feel like the leftover feelings version captures the feeling of the movie more or, you know, it takes me back to that particular character as opposed to a, a kind of picked up and transplanted version that for me is always going to be that late nineties, early aughts feel that Tiki Bar incorporates. Um and I do I love them both. And what can we say about the Goners? They're John's, you know, yeah, they most are his... often backing band yes. and they are brilliant musicians to a man and they give something to his lyrics that and you know his melodies that no other band quite does but Jerry Douglas is a master guitarist and um there was quite the duet that was happening in that version of the back and forth which kind of mimics that feel of uh The bartender and the drunk sitting there. So, you know, I I couldn't choose. Um, So I
0: I, you know, I one of the notes I made is that, you know, the Tiki Bar heavy on drums, a very mm -hmm. fast beat, kind of this this, you know, rock and roll type of song. Then, when you take it on, and I've, I've, I did a little Google searching, and a lot of critics called this the heart of the out, you know, the sessions, and that they thought this version was really beautiful. I loved it without the drums. I liked John's voice on this. Um, there is a raspiness to it, there is an age that works well for this song um, that the weariness, of the the story that he's telling that weaves into it so i would give it a slight edge to um the later version i agree with you i i and in fact till you had asked that i had not thought about that and so today when i was listening i specifically let okay now i'm listening to this version switch brain now i'm listening to that version okay Back and forth. You can and only have like,
1: one on the desert island. Which exactly. Are you have yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so uh I, you know, I think I would take the later version, just just by, uh, you know, a nose, as they say in horse racing.
1: Yes. And you know, I, I, I felt like I couldn't choose a favorite, but then as I was also trying to think of head of, how would I rate these on our, yeah. uh, very specific scale that one star is still a brilliant song and five right. star is like completely classic out of this Mm -hmm. world perfect song um i i would actually probably rate the leftover feelings version slightly higher than the tiki bar version and i don't know why maybe that is just because like it, it it's more recent to me and I've been enjoying that album, um, more recently and I always love whatever John has most recently given me, um, a little bit more, but you know, if I were sitting down with someone who is not familiar with Mr. Hyatt or maybe hasn't listened to him for a while and this song occurred to me as something that they would like, Mm -hmm. I would, I would pull that CD out more than I would go back to 2001 interesting um,
0: yeah so uh i'll i'll vote first and mm-hmm. then you can vote next because we're going to switch back and forth try to remember mm-hmm. that um so i would give the tiki bar version in three and a half mm-hmm. but i would give the newer version a four okay. as because i'm agreeing with you just slightly better yeah uh, both solid songs both really good songs but i think his voice i think the combination of him that with Jerry Douglas gets it a slightly better for me. How about you?
1: Uh, uh similar, I would give the Tiki bar a three and the Jerry Douglas leftover feelings a three and a half okay good um and again, th- this scale is so yes. skewed yes. right that it feels like I'm throwing shade but in fact no no no, just, no 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 there's
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I I agree with you absolutely uh good. any final thoughts?
1: um no just that it was really fun to uh listen to them together and to you know uh to wonder about both the original writing and what made him want to pull it out again so well if people have thoughts or there's anyone out there with insight please you know chime in and yes if you disagree with our ratings yes indeed
0: uh perfectly good podcast at gmail.com we are on facebook our perfectly good podcast page um we will add you know what we should do um we should create in our google docs questions we're going to ask john when he joins us (laughs) yes and there's the first one hey so
1: why yeah yeah
0: Uh, well (laughs) i'm sure I'm sure he's working. That would probably be low on the list of questions <laughs> we want to ask, but it would be on the list.
1: You know, the only reason I wouldn't ask him is because I've tried to ask questions like that before, and he yeah. is so evasive. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> he will not, you know, <laughs> very nice. answer a why or, Good. you know.
0: <laughs> All right. So if someone
1: wants to reach you, how can they? You can reach me on Facebook at... Uh, sylvan groth i'm pretty easy to find um twitter sylvan green eyes and as you mentioned we have the podcast page on facebook and our email
0: and i am at jesse jackson dfw you can find us at pod podcast pd on twitter thank you guys for being here as sylvan said we'd love to hear your thoughts we are still looking for reviews on iTunes. And if you know a John Hyatt fan, if you know someone who likes good conversation, please tell them about the podcast. Just tell one friend. That's all we're asking. Just one. Yes. Sylvan, I will talk to you again next week. Have a great week. It's always lovely visiting with you.
1: Always lovely visiting with you too, Jesse. All right. And have, have a have, little faith.
0: Have a little faith.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.
2: Baby, we can come on home.